Yes, indeed, there are more questions and answers. Like, is the pollen count the most difficult job on the planet? <laughs> Hi, America. Hello, world. <laughs> Someone's got to count them. My name is Adrian Lee, and I'm your host. Welcome to the show, More Questions Than Answers, the only paranormal quiz show anywhere in the world. Each week, my guests and I will search the world's newspapers, websites, and TV shows just for you to bring you the very best in paranormal talk radio entertainment. And enlightenment. We will then test each other's knowledge of the week's events of the mysterious, strange, supernatural, unusual, bizarre, and just plain weird. If you have just tuned in especially to hear the show, then I admire your taste. If you have just tuned in by accident, then I admire your luck. I'm huddled under my quilt with a large flashlight and a nice cup of tea with tonight's guests, somewhere in the barren wildernesses of the Midwest Plains, with the sound of my elderly mother snoring distantly from the room next door. So snuggle under your covers, turn out your light and hold on tight. The rules are very simple. Points will be awarded randomly for being interesting and for making me laugh or shiver in horror. Extra points will be available for shock and awe value. To help me control my rowdy panel of recidivists and reprobates, I will employ what I have called the inappropriate bell. An example of this would be... The panel have no idea what's coming. I have no idea what stories they have for tonight's show, and we are completely live and unedited. What could possibly go wrong? So without any further ado, let us embrace this week's darkness. Let me start by introducing tonight's guest panel. Firstly, the mysterious and effervescent Heather Morris... She has been a paranormal investigator for many years, with her own team called Hellhound Investigations, and she does all of her best work in the shadows. She is now one of the leading audio and EVP experts with the International Paranormal Society, and brings her knowledge and research skills to tonight's show. Heather thought she saw a small dead baby ghost on the sidewalk this week, but it turned out to be a handkerchief. Welcome to the show, <laughs> Heather. <laughs> Quit telling my secrets. There. We also have with us the analytical and sceptical mind of Kim Gore. Kim is also a talented and valued member of the International Paranormal Society. Kim had a rare medical complaint when she was a child, and the only way she could stay alive was to eat soil three times a day. It was lucky that her older sisters told her about it just in time. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Kim. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. Did they make you eat soil when you was little? Did you? No, but they pulled my hair out. They had contests to see who could get the most. Wow. That's terrible. And when did your mother find this out, when you looked like you'd been attacked by napalm? I have no idea. I just know that uh, now that we're older, they tell me about these contests they had. Wow. They so stuffed, your sister they stuffed, got you, huh? 
Yes, I had to take my shirt off for that. <laughs> oh, I see what you've done there. An early joke about baldness. Fabulous. I didn't suggest anything like that. That's a terrible thing. <laughs> they stuffed a mattress with what they got from Kim, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, on tonight's show, I wish to introduce the calm and unflappable Greg Gore. He is married to Kim, and we shall see if this is still the case after tonight's show. Greg is a paranormal investigator and tech expert. He owns and operates more cameras and leads than the BBC Outside Broadcast Department. He is also our sound engineer and producer. Greg read this week that a lot of farmers use heroin, but finding evidence is like... (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the show, Greg. I'm not doing all the work. You're going to have to do some work on your own. This is Series 2, Episode 32. 32 is a fabulous number, of course. 32 is the number of pages in a comic book, but not including the cover. Heather, you've collected comic books all your life. Who's your favourite comic book character? Who do you go to every time? Lady Death. Lady Death. Uh Mm -hmm. Why is it then that when we go to a Halloween costume party, you're not dressed as Lady Death? Oh, there's some specific reasons that that's not going to happen. Ultimately, because she wears like a tea bag and a couple of bits of string, i Pretty guessing. much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kim, have you ever, are you a comic book person? Something no. you did? Greg, what about yourself back there? Have you no. ever, no, no superhero that's your favourite? No comics? You're American. You're meant to be brought up on comics. It's hot dogs, coffee, baseball and comics. It costs like a dime. Wow, a whole dime. <laughs> there you go. You could swap them with your friends, I guess. I got bought. My grandmother used to visit my grandparents in East London every weekend, partly to give my parents a break, I suspect. But I used to enjoy visiting my grandparents. And my grandmother would buy a comic for me every Thursday. And then by the time I got there on Friday evening, I used to run home from school in East London because I knew I was going to go around my nan and granddad's house. I'd fill up a plastic bag full of toy soldiers and cars. And by the time you've got on the underground train, all their little guns and bayonets are poking out of the bag like you've got a hedgehog or a porcupine in it and all the people are looking at you very oddly. But I used to get to my grandmother's house and there'd be a comic waiting for me and it was The Amazing Spider-Man. So I wish I still had those comics. I wish you still Because they'd too. probably be worth a fortune. This is mid to late 70s, I guess. But then you can access Spider-Man anywhere now. You can find him on the web. <laughs> 32 is the freezing point of water in degrees Fahrenheit. My granddad, when he was younger, sat on the ice for too long and got Polaroids. 32 is the full number of teeth in an adult. My mother actually fell asleep with her head under the pillow, and when she woke up, her teeth had gone. Although she was $32 richer. And 32 is the international code for Belgium. If you wish to ring Brussels or Ghent, anywhere in Belgium, you need to get 32. This is a true story. I've been to Brussels many times. I've been to Belgium. In fact, Belgium was the first country I ever visited as a child. And I went to the Natural History Museum there, and they've got a dinosaur display. And the guide is taking us around, and he says, these bones here of this dinosaur are 80 million, four years, three months, and two weeks old. And I said, how can you be that specific? And he said, well, I've been here four years, two months, and three weeks, and they were 80 million years when I arrived. (laughs) That's the God's (laughs) honest truth, and that gives you a flavour of Belgium. (laughs) It's true. Now, we did an experiment. I have to tell you this. I don't know if you remember last week's show. <laughs> Heather's laughing because she knows what's coming next. And Kim and Greg, you've been used as a control here, by the way. Do you remember on last week's show, Heather, do you want to share with people what the story was that you read out on last week's show, episode 
31. Yes, I was so excited because Burger King came out with a Halloween Whopper and its bun was black. Your buns are black, madam. Yes. <laughs> now, there was a certain, what should we say, issue. Yes, issues, people have the issues. Word. People have issues. It has been written about in the press. Would you like to share... For a start, why weren't you listening to last week's episode? Right? Yeah. Where have you been? So I don't, I don't even feel as if I need to explain myself, perhaps, because you should have been listening. But for those people, perhaps, that were late home from work or were going out on a Friday night and for some ridiculous reason managed to miss our show, would you like to explain to our listeners the issue with the Halloween Black Whopper? Well, it was the A1 Whopper, and so people were going to the doctor and apparently very scared. Because there was some green aftermath of the Whopper. Now, the colouring they use for the black bun reacts with your lower intestinal tract. And apparently, according to the news, made everything at the other end come out fluorescent green. Uh So... Would you like to? See? We, we were at the Christie House. We were at an event, and I'll talk about a little, that in a minute, a little bit more. But we was in Long Prairie, in the middle of Minnesota, at a fabulous place called the Christie House, doing a flashlight tour of one of the most haunted buildings I've ever investigated in my life, with uh, paying guests and all for charity. They paid, and that goes towards the upkeep of this fabulous building. But we decided, in our infinite <laughs> wisdom, that we would embrace the Black Whopper. And, we're doing uh, it for our fans. We're doing it for the listeners of the show. See the ways we put ourselves out here. So we decided this would be a fun thing to do. <laughs> would you like to explain what happened to you the following morning? Is that something you want to share live on air? I don't think it's appropriate. Let me just say <laughs> that I looked down into the bowl, and I understand there could be people. You and know, it was Oscar the Grouch peeking back. That's all <laughs> it was I'm saying. pretty rough. <laughs> What are you doing defecating in a trash can? Where do you live? I in a trailer park. <laughs> I, I can feel a number two coming on. I better get out to the trash can. What's wrong with you? Yes, I look down into the bowl and uh, you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger coming to some money and you're going on a journey. LG. It was every shade of swamp green. <laughs> it was like all of it was like a Christmas photograph of Kermit the Frog's family all together celebrating the new year in. It was particularly bad. I've never seen such devastation. It was shocking. If I hadn't have known about that Whopper story, I'd have been straight on the doctors because that just was not right. It was glowing. It was like the opening scene of The Simpsons where he's got that glowing rod in his hand. So please go out there and have yourself a Halloween Whopper. All I'm saying is that it was so fluorescent green that if a snowstorm comes along and they're trying to land an aeroplane and they can't get the flight path lit, I could have gone out there and that plane would have landed perfectly reasonably well on that runway. It was that fluorescent a green. Yes. Like a lightsaber coming back at me. It was terrible. So if people want to send us their photographs... You have another one, don't you? <laughs> no, Everyone don't. in this room is just sitting here shaking their heads. I can see that, but I should go on regardless because I'm used to this. <laughs> All I will say is when you eat the bun itself, it's like chewing on an old flip-flop or a piece of tyre or something. It's, it's not really, really soft and squidgy it's not what we're we talking about the, the bun oh okay i wonder where you was going so if people wish to uh, take photographs of that they can send them to heather not the aftermath just the whopper oh i thought you wanted people to send you no the not oh, the okay aftermath, I thought there's some very strange people out there you're setting yourself up for a lot of hurt and pain there in your inbox aren't you is what's happening <laughs> now i enjoy 
every week reading out some letters and emails that we get and i'm going to do that this week so this was on facebook this week lisa is in colorado and she's on facebook she said she was still trying to catch up with all the shows on soundcloud and said they were absolutely fabulous so thank you lisa for that in colorado jeff in washington said he'd been listening to the show all weekend via our archives and that he loves the format apparently he's now trying to get his 13 year old nephew hooked on the show what uncle could give a better gift than that that's fabulous. we're the gift that just, keeps on just giving. don't let you just don't let his parents <laughs> find out we're corrupting this poor child with tales of paranormal strange bizarre and lime green defecations so uh, we could get into a lot of trouble there try so, the whopper yes um, we don't have any link do we to burger king it's not like we there are other reasonable fast food hamburger chains Available. But they don't have black buns. This is true. They don't make your defecation bright green, apparently. Now, we was at the Christie House at the weekend. We had a fabulous time up there in the middle of Minnesota in Long Prairie, and we did a flashlight tour there to help them out and raise a bit of money. Um, what did you think? I mean, was that a reasonable weekend? Did you like going up there? We had a nice crowd of people turn up. We were sold out for both tours of the house on a Saturday night, and still people wanted to come along. So I'm sure we will be back there in the new year, and we'll keep doing that because that's a fabulous event. Mm-hmm. Anything you'd like to share with our listeners? Just a great bunch of people in both sets that went in. We, so. we found so much evidence in this house. We were running from one room to the next as things were flying around. There was poltergeist activity. We got Not during the tour, but as evidence. Yeah. Yes, as evidence. This wasn't an investigation. It was almost right. a case of us setting up stereos and laptops in each room and showing the guests what actually took place and what happened in each of those rooms. So I do want to give a shout-out to several of people that came on that, to Alorna organised that, so I want to thank her for that. Teresa, Pete and his family, Heather and all of her family, Missy, Bev and Pam, Gal, Danita, Paddy and Pat. So if I've missed anyone out there, I apologise. There was a great group of people there, probably 100 people, I suspect, um, over the course of that weekend, as well as uh, the book sales we did and all the work we did in the VFW during the course of the day. One of the things I thought was very interesting is that in the parlour of that building, we had a lot of K2 activity. Do you remember when we investigated there? We turned on the old Edison Vitrola, which was built in 1914, 1915, I believe, and we played the old gramophone records. And at that moment, suddenly the whole room lit up. There was a lot of energy arrived. The ghost recognised the fact that their records were being played from that period. I think that's called the Singapore theory, if people wish to look that up. It's when you play music, dress up in costume and try and reenact certain things from history, trying to encourage the spirits to come forward, I guess. But while I was discussing this on the tour, the K2 meters actually did light up when I started singing and I started explaining to them what was happening, almost as if they followed us around in spirit and were interested to see how the tour was going. Because ultimately, those spirits rely on that house being open. So if they then realise that we're making money to keep the house open, why wouldn't they encourage us? Why wouldn't they step in and actually not perform probably the wrong word, but certainly make their presence known if they know they're integral to keeping the building open? Does that make sense? Yes. They've got nowhere to haunt, have they, if the house gets knocked down or it can't be afforded to keep open. So that's part of that. So if people are interested, I do have a book out. It's called The Haunting and the History of the Christie House. 
That's Long Prairie, Minnesota, and that's available on Amazon. And we're creeping up to Halloween. And again, if people wish to read a fabulous, spooky book full of history, full about the ghosts of the of the Midwest, I have a book out called Mysterious Minnesota, Digging Up the Ghostly Past at 13 Haunted Sites. And that's available through Barnes & Noble and also Amazon and all other fabulous places where you can buy books we sprint into the first round that is ghosts and hauntings blinking into the darkness with our k2 meter in one hand and a copy of by the light of the silvery moon by ada johnson in the other you're welcome scott (laughs) (laughs) yes scott in wisconsin that's his favorite song that's his that's top of the hit parade is by the light of the silvery moon that is a creepy record we played this on the uh vitrola the edison vitrola and you've got to remember this is an old piece of equipment you have to wind up a handle and then all the belts have been stretched it's a hundred years old and i don't know if you're familiar of uh, that particular song by the light of the silvery moon but it kind of starts up i'm going to do my best impression now of the creepiest edison vitrola we're sat in the dark of a parlor of a victorian house with lots of sepia photographs of very stern looking women coming down to us with all the equipment and then you hear by the light of the moon i want this moon it's kind of very bizarre very creepy and very strange i have a story here that says this is a haunted house that is so terrifying that you will have to sign a waiver before you enter the haunted house experience based in tustin california is called the 17th door and lasts just over 30 minutes with 17 different interactive rooms set to test you to the very limit sounds like school to me according to the website the 17th door tells the story of paula a student who has just moved to university to pursue her dream of becoming a doctor a description on the site reads if you think you are prepared to enter paula's world then know this everything inside this realm which assaults your senses is real apart from the unemployed drama students running around with broken chainsaws the question is can you make it can you walk in paula's shoes through the disillusion of her life to withstand what's behind the door that would be a rather taxing medical exam at the end of her career i would suspect the 17th door is running throughout october and will cost 20 dollars depending on the date and the time you choose to go the website warns visitors that they will have to sign a waiver adding we do not recommend pregnant women go through the haunted house i've got this scene where the group in front of you has a heavily laden pregnant gravid woman in front of you and imagine she gets scared and suddenly the baby pops out and there's like fluids everywhere and blood and amniotic liquids and the baby's on the floor with the afterbirth people are screaming running around and then you walk in with the next group and you're thinking wow this is 20 dollars well spent look at that looks fabulous just saying <laughs> we've read stories out in the last couple of years where people have died on these yes. haunted tours and then people have actually thought they were part of the display and they love them yes and they thought it was fabulous that there was a rotting corpse in the corner And it had been sat there for two weeks, and it was Uncle Albert. Unbelievable. It says no toddlers or infants will be allowed to enter. The attraction is not recommended for visitors who have back problems, heart conditions, are prone to seizures, or are in generally poor health. Lucky this isn't taking place in the Midwest, wouldn't it? The mum would be able to go. Just saying. By the way, my mother once went 
to a haunted house attraction and uh, when she came out they gave her a job application <laughs> but then she does have a wandering eye do you see what I'm saying Heather what have you got for me tonight you're not going to go has a, up for Christmas she has a hump on her back as well which doesn't help oh really and then there's the club foot I'm just saying she went to visit a haunted house and they gave her a job application that's all I'm saying can't oh, argue with the fact. You're such a bad son. I should give myself three points for being a terrible son. I'm sure they're very <laughs> disappointed in me. Heather, what have you got tonight in the round of Ghosts and Haunting? Guess what? It's a Willie story. No. Oh. October is Zombie Preparedness Month. Did you know that? Is preparedness even a word? Yes. It is now. Okay. I've been shouted down. Fabulous. We can <laughs> do it. All right. Kansas Governor Sam Brownback signed the Hang peculiar... on a second. Yes. Brownback. That's his name. Okay. <laughs> Just checking. Signed the peculiar proclamation. Wow, two P words in a row. You're struggling, aren't you? As a fun way to tackle natural disasters. What better way to prepare for the possibility of a natural disaster than to pretend that you and your family are getting ready for a zombie apocalypse? Or at least that's the idea behind the bizarre new concept being put forward by authorities in Kansas this month. Yay, Kansas. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) I know we're not in Kansas now. If you're prepared for zombies, you're prepared for anything, said Brownback. Although the actual zombie apocalypse will never happen. He doesn't know that. I think there's a fairly good chance that's made up, but yes. I, well, maybe not today. Maybe tomorrow. Know. What would you do yes. for a, to be prepared for a zombie attack? You're going to get a basement. He's going to tell you. He's going to tell you it's going to okay, be great. Okay, all right. Okay. Um, the preparation for such an event is the go. same as for any disaster. Not Make really. a disaster kit, have a plan, and practice it. He said... Um, when asked what he would do in the event of a zombie outbreak, the governor had surprisingly come up with a plan that wouldn't have looked out of place in an episode of The Walking Dead. And his plan is... Hit people over the head with garden instruments. <laughs> and knives and stuff. Yes, rakes and scythes and sickles and other bladed paraphernalia that one might find in their garden <laughs> and Greg's shed. Making <laughs> Greg's making actions behind it. It's not the elephant walk again, is it? No, it's We not. nearly got taken off of air due to that incident. Uh, the, my son and I talked about this, he said. It would be the best to go to my dad's farm and get on a combine. Then you can move through. Combine the zombies. Hopefully oh, no. you've got enough fuel. Hopefully he won't be needing to try this plan out for real anytime soon. So, yes, he wants to take a combine. And just well, that would be like the movie through. Let's Scare Jessica to Death. I've never seen does, it. Does he go through zombies with a combine? Not zombies, but... Oh, people. Yes. Oh, dear. Really? Oh, that's yes. That's a bit grim. How many miles to the gallon does your combine get, Greg? Do you know? Uh, it'll run about 18 hours on a tank. Full 18 hours on gallons. a tank. And how much does a tank hold? Three, 300 gallons. 300 <laughs> gallons. Wow. You're going to get a lot of free glasses, aren't you, when you pull up to the gas station with your club card? That's there outrageous. You go. I want to go back to that story. At the very beginning, he said that a zombie apocalypse will take account of any kind of natural disaster. Tell me how storing blunt garden instruments in your basement is going to help you in terms of a flood. You don't know, do you? You haven't done the research. Or how a combine is going to help you with a tornado. Yeah, that's the kind of thing. Thanks, Kim. Yeah. No, you can that's have like points. a paperweight. Kim gets two points it's for supporting. It's a paperweight. It's a paperweight. Yeah. 
Well, a combine's a bloody big paperweight. <laughs> and how big's your desk? And how much paper do you own? No, it'll hold you down during a tornado or something. You've, I, you're making it up. You're not I getting away know. with that. I've got another story based on ghosts and hauntings before we get into the realms of using agricultural farmyard machinery for office stationery. Uh, Greg's on board. Greg's on board and I've got Kim with me, but I'm in charge of the show, so me and Kim are winning. Parents parents are out, mind you, having said that, Greg's in charge of muting the microphones. Parents are outraged after a Connecticut school district cancelled Halloween out of fear of excluding children who do not want to participate in the celebration for religious and cultural oh, beliefs. God. Obviously, in Connecticut, they don't know how to use punctuation or commas. Milford Public School announced a ban on Halloween parades across the city's elementary schools and also forbids students and faculty from wearing costumes during the day, according to the Connecticut Post. The shocked mother of a third grader at Live Oaks Elementary School, Victoria Johansson, said, while she respects the beliefs of others, she called the cancellation crazy and said it is not fair to those who look forward to participating in the annual parade i don't understand why other avenues weren't pursued to accommodate families who felt excluded she said i don't think we're excluding anybody johansson added i think they're excluding themselves johansson said she received a letter from her child's school principal last week saying the decision arose out of numerous incidents of children being excluded from activities due to religion and cultural beliefs the connecticut post reported due to reasons of religious belief That's got to be, I would guess, Christians and Catholics. If they're stopping people from participating in Halloween because they've had complaints, would that not be Catholics and Christians? Because ultimately you could argue that it's a pagan... You you don't need to argue, it is a pagan festival. It's Sawan, I believe it's the third autumn equinox. Well, then they should probably quit the dances and things at the schools as well because that would be the same, would it not? I agree. Mm-hmm. I think it's too late. The horse has bolted. In 600 AD, Pope Gregory wrote to the Bishop of London and said we need to embrace some pagan festivals in the Christian calendar so we bring more pagans to Christianity. So if that happened in 600 AD, the horse has bolted somewhat that in 2015 you then can't turn around and say we're Christian and Catholic and we're not going to support Halloween seems a bit bizarre it's already happened i think it's ridiculous it goes on to say growing up in america there are certain traditions and celebrations we've become accustomed to celebrating at home and during school saying the pledge of allegiance halloween parades thanksgiving christmas celebrations new years valentine's day parties and dances and easter these are our american customs and traditions and we should not have to give them up because other finds them offensive by the way christmas and easter were originated in the middle east of course halloween is british and st valentine's day comes from italy i'm so tired on my kids missing out on some of the things that we got to do as children and are some of our greatest childhood memories i have due to others saying they find it offensive she continued by saying that she embraces our culture and will work to embrace others or keep your child at home Lily added the children should not have to miss out on traditional activities just because people say they are offended. Milford resident Heather Sharp, who has children that are now grown up, that participated in the Halloween parade, said instead of cancelling the parades, a better solution would be finding an activity for those to do who cannot participate while the parades would have been going on. If anything, they should be asking the people who feel excluded what they would like to do. And having a party for them, she told 
the Connecticut Post. These are the same people, of course, that would be surprised to learn that Jesus was a dark-skinned Middle Eastern Jew, no doubt. Now, the church I used to go to when I lived in Sork Centre was very progressive, and they used to have a Halloween party, and they used to have the kids go around with the pastor doing Halloween things. And I actually spoke to the pastor, and he said that he was aware, obviously, that it was a pagan festival, but it brought all the family together. It was a fun activity. All the community came together, and what would be the downside of that so there is a debate to be had there heather you're looking at me what do you think you're a halloween person you like halloween you embrace the darkness i don't think they should ruin it for all of the kids that want to celebrate it you want to have those parties you look forward to it what i will say and i am a foreigner so you are welcome to shoot me down in this room but this is the land of choice and democracy right this is held up as the pinnacle of the world's kind of free world if you like go ahead with the halloween event and if you don't want to go ahead with it, right. don't go on it. Don't, don't do have it. Do you it. have a choice. Right. So what you're doing is you're stopping, by getting rid of Halloween events, you're stopping everyone from having a choice. Everyone, right. No one's having it. Why don't you have it and then there's no issue if people choose to not embrace it? While we're on the subject as well, I will mention, I don't know if you recall this, but about two or three years ago, I was looking for a place to investigate for my Mysterious Minnesota book. And I had written to the newspapers in Fairmont, saying in Fairmont, it's a town in, in Minnesota, um, saying, is there anywhere local people could recommend that I could come and research a book and investigate? Because I want to put Fairmont as a chapter in my next book. And I am going to mention the name now. I was wondering whether I should mention the name or not. But it's the Opera House in Fairmont stepped forward and said, well, we could perhaps do a some sort of paranormal investigation here because it would promote the Opera House. We believe the Opera House is haunted and it will get more people to come in. It's also a non-profit organisation and it's raising our profile. So I went to talk to the lady that ran the Opera House and she was a very nice woman. She showed me around. She gave me lots of history to work with, lots of books to look at. We was all set ready to do an investigation of this opera house what then took place is that in the meantime they had a board meeting and that board meeting is a non-profit organization and there were a lot of catholics and christians on the board that then said we don't want a paranormal investigation taking place in our building and they had to adhere to that because it's a non-profit and they were worried people would stop coming there and they'd stop gaining a revenue so i don't mind that decision that's perfectly fine 50 percent of the buildings i asked to investigate would say the same thing and i'm perfectly happy with that and i've actually written books on christianity and i'm a christian myself what was then an issue is the board turned around and said we don't want anything to do with paranormal investigating and we don't want anything to do with the ghosts and hauntings and what you're going to find because that's anti-christian they then turned around and said but if you want to come back over halloween and we'll do something fun then perhaps you could do that and i turned around and said hang on a second you don't want me to investigate here due to religious reasons but then it's okay for me to come back during a pagan festival and just mess around and they thought to themselves and said, oh, yeah, that is a bit odd. So it just reminded me of that. And I've got nothing against the building. I've got nothing against the board. They're welcome to make those decisions. And I have no issue with that. It just seems very odd in their thinking that then they thought it would be OK to do something fun over Halloween. So all the rest of the year, you're not allowed to talk about ghosts. You're not allowed to do paranormal investigation. You're doing Satan's work, according to them. But over the Halloween weekend, you can come in, play with a Ouija board and do whatever you want. Just seems very bizarre. Kim, what have you got tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings? We're going to go to Florida. Hooray, Florida! Florida! 
Shoppers at a Publix in Sebastian, Florida, called 911 Tuesday afternoon after spotting a homeless man carrying around an actual human skull. I was, he wasn't practicing for the role of Hamlet, was it? Alas, poor Yorick, I knew him. He might have been doing that because uh, one of the witnesses said he was using it as a puppet. <laughs> it's just a very skinny model. He said it smelled like death. Well, I would imagine. I wonder if you could give yourself a love bite. Like a hickey, like, and you're using the teeth. There must be people out there that can't get a girlfriend, but they've got a skull at home and, you know, on your neck. Wow. Just saying. (laughs) That's how I got love bites when I was 15. I used my granddad's teeth. Uh, According according to the Indian River County Sheriff's Office, the unidentified homeless man who was living in the woods across the street from the grocery store found the human remains in a secluded area away from the homeless camps and decided to carry the skull into the Publix to report the body. Oh, yeah. Here's his head just to prove that I found a body. <laughs> yeah, it popped terrific. it up. Yeah. Just screwed it and it just came away. <laughs> <laughs> there it's come away. They were perfect. Uh, the sheriff's office spokesman, Thomas Rowland, said he had put the skull on top of a trash can over there because he wanted to tell somebody to call the sheriff's office. Once deputies arrived, the homeless man led them to the body, which has not been identified. At this point, investigators have yet to determine the cause of death. Wow. I suppose it's missing a head. Yes, decapitation would be my best Mm. guess. I wonder how that's a difficult job, isn't it, to remove a head from a body? I mean, there are bones that link the skull. I don't know. I haven't tried it. Well, the night's still young. I'm just saying we could experiment with that after Mm. the show and see how we get on and report on that next week week heather you have one more story for me tonight in the round of ghosts and hauntings i have a girl who was possessed after using a ouija board app oh my life a ouija board app i didn't know they had one bring the demonic apparently of course they do why don't you turn your phone on and bring all the hatred and evil through the gates of hades in the comfort of your very own bedroom yeah that's awesome hurrah the 18-year-old was allegedly possessed by an evil spirit after participating in a Ouija board session app. Uh, Patricia Kisp from Cossica in Peru, Lima province, had been spending time with her friends when they decided to try their hand at communicating with spirits using a Ouija board mobile phone app. Peru's a very strange country anyway. Anyone that packs up a little bear, doesn't give him any food puts a little stamp on him, sends him off to some sort of godforsaken railway station in the middle of London. I mean, that's just ridiculous. The RSPCA should be involved. You should Are you not talking be post- about Paddington? Yeah. Oh. I'm just saying this is how they treat their animals. It's no wonder, is it? That's what I'm saying. If that's how you treat a bear... It's too late for you hmm? at night, isn't it? It is late in the evening now, okay. yes, this is true. <laughs> I haven't had any sugar, which doesn't help. Upon returning home, however, the girl started to feel unwell, and her parents ended up having to phone for an ambulance when she started foaming at the mouth (laughs) and convulsing on the floor. I'm sorry. Oh, this looks like a grade one possession, madam. (laughs) Uh, Medics struggled to restrain her as she started screaming, 666, and let me go, let me go. Witnesses claimed that the girl's voice had become much deeper than normal and that her personality had changed. Factors leading to the suggestion that she had been possessed. Let me go. That's it was. What was that? A pirate? Let, let me. Arr, <laughs> let, let me go. go. Arr, six, six, six. Our pieces, <laughs> pieces of six. There you go. 
See how that works. Critics, on the other hand, have argued that her symptoms were likely to be the result of either a medical condition, really, or some form of hysteria brought about by the previous day's Ouija session. A Ouija what? Ouija session. A Ouija session. The 18-year-old was uh, has since been admitted to a psychiatric ward for further evaluation. Well, that should help her career, whatever field she wishes to go in. Now that's going to be on her resume. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Some resume. Yeah. Yeah. Sean Connery's resume. Why miss money, Penny? <laughs> I hope you are. Don't expect me to talk. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. That moves us to the end of the round. That is Ghosts and Hauntings. Greg is yet to score. I am on three, tied with Heather. And Kim has raced into the lead, but it is still early doors. She has a resplendent five. We move into the round. That is UFOs. It's green men. It's hairy beasties. I have a story that says Buddha statues spotted on Mars, held up as proof that intelligent life existed there. I've seen everything in a photograph that could possibly be on Mars in the last six months. I know, right? Rob- been, robots and everything, There's right? robots, there's scorpions, there's crabs, there's a woman with a cloak a ghost. on. There's a McDonald's logo. Mm. It says a shape similar to a Buddha statue pictured on Mars is proof that intelligent life existed there, according to UFO hunters. The people at Sightings Daily have discovered this strange shape on the Red Planet, and they think the world should take note. Scott Waring wrote, This photo alone should be enough to convince the United Nations that intelligent life once existed on Mars. But NASA doesn't want anyone to know the truth, because they will be asked to share the info and technology that they have found. Found. It's not the first sighting of a Buddha statue on Mars, though. Several other fascinating Buddha-like images have been shared in the past. As Mr. Waring notes, this shows a face, a head turned to its right with breasts and a plump stomach and shoulders. I didn't see the plump stomach. But I saw it, the breasts. It had, it had moobs. It did have moobs. This is yes. true. I will say that so much gets put together in our photographs and even with audio that i just don't believe this stuff anymore other things recently found on mars include a martian version of stonehenge a london bus (laughs) two bicycles jimmy hoffer and adam sandler's career apparently who knew although i think adam sandler's career may have been airbrushed and photoshopped Uh, in oh no it's true. You see all this stuff going on on Mars. It's ridiculous. You, you I thought yeah, it's true. You've seen all this it's stuff. It's true. Adam You've Sandler's seen his done. films over the last 15 years. What's wrong with you? Name me a good one. Anyone at all. Billy Madison. Name me a good one. Anyone at all. <laughs> Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of UFOs and cryptozoology? <laughs> Was My- you eating a cake? <laughs> Monster of the Deep, Chinese villagers left baffled after reeling in bizarre-looking creature while fishing in a creek. But what does it taste like? Does it go well with chips? This is what I want to know. I don't know. Okay, there are more questions than answers. A Chinese villager was completely stumped when he pulled out a mysterious creature from a small river on a regular fishing trip. The mud-colored beast, which was found in Tao River in Sichuan Province, has left the fisherman and his neighbors in Zhangwan Village near the city of Shangdu, scratching wow. their heads. Wow! Yay, wow! There's three points to be had there because your teeth didn't fall out. <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> we could have given each other a love bite. 
Some people think the bizarre-looking object could be what Chinese call a taisu, a type of valuable fungus that's supposed to bring immortality. Now I screwed up that word. <laughs> yes. You get all the fabulous <laughs> Chinese words right and then don't get immortality. Who knew? Immortality to humans. Lang Wenjun, 45, <laughs> went fishing after lunch as part of his daily routine. He biked two and a half miles to a popular fishing spot along the river. What was that called? Tao River. <laughs> <laughs> Bring your towel. It was not a particularly good day for Mr. Liang since he did not land any fish after waiting for an afternoon. However, his luck struck at about 5 p.m. when he felt that his fish hook had caught something big. He recalled, when I reeled my fish line, it felt extremely heavy. Then a yellow creature with a round body and a long tail came out of the water. It didn't it, have three eyes, did it? It's just from The Simpsons. It had a soft texture. And it could also move, he said. I would hope so. (laughs) He's he's just pulled out someone's whopper. (laughs) God. (laughs) The unusual creature, which measured 7.9 inches in length and weighed approximately 14 pounds, also had black black spots all over its body. Hold on, 7.9 inches. So that's about 12 inches to me and you, Greg. Uh, (laughs) And it weighed 14 pounds at 7 inches? Yes. Just a normal Friday night out for you, isn't it? (laughs) And it was covered in black dots, you say? Yes. Okay, just checking. I didn't say that. He did. No, I believe you. Uh, One of his friends who worked in a Chinese pharmaceutical company told him it could be a taisu, which is a rare mushroom. (laughs) One of those mushrooms. But he said it was moving. (laughs) It's a moving Uh, mushroom, and don't comment any further. No, I want to stay on air tonight. We're always getting fined. It's ridiculous. (laughs) I don't want any stories about moving mushrooms that are seven. But I have a mushroom story for later. Oh, we could I be do. in trouble. We're going to be off air, aren't we? <laughs> Let's leave that till after we finish the show, shall we? Wow. Well, he's looking to make a lot of money off of it, but he—they're doing DNA tests to find out if it really, truly is this mushroom or not. You must be in a lot of trouble, mustn't you? Visually, you must be visually redundant if you can't tell the difference between a fish and a mushroom. <laughs> Do you want to come see my fish? But he, yeah. says, he says he fishes every day. He fishes every day for <laughs> mushrooms. Christ. You should have seen the one that got away last week. It was huge. It had a gnome with a fishing rod sat on the end of it. That's ridiculous. Do you show people your minnow? Uh. <laughs> Heather, who's now on minus one. What have you got for me in the round? Of cryptozoology and hairy beasties. I have a weird animal. It's not a mushroom fish, with is it? a body of a buffalo and a head of a crocodile that baffles everyone. Really? A buffodile? A crocodile. A crocodile. A crocodile. is a good word. <laughs> Images have been shared of a most unusual creature spotted in a remote village, and it's the stuff of sci-fi movies. The strange animal appears to have the scaly, rough head and skin of a reptile, such as a crocodile. However, on a closer inspection, it's also got the body, limbs, and hooves of a mammal such as a calf. What does it taste like? Chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Local website, Wrath, has commented on the find in High Rock, Wanging, in Thailand. The creature appears to have been born of a buffalo, but is clearly not a normal-looking creature. According to the site, the animal died soon after birth, I bet. But it is surprising 
and it is believed to bring good luck to the family and the village. Have, I don't know how. Have don't you seen ask. a photo of this? I have. It's really... Has someone just gone to town with three different types of animal and a glue gun? Is this where we are? No, it's very bizarre. It's It's got the hooves, all four hooves and legs and stuff, and a little stumpy tail like a water buffalo. But then it does have a, a head of a crocodile. Its whole body is scaly, other than the legs. Where have you put this story? Where is this accessible? You're I'll on Twitter, aren't you? I'll find it and put it on something. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm causing you issue for doing your job for you. I, why don't we put that on Facebook? How's that? Post that on Facebook if people wish to see that. And any of the other stories. A buffer croc? Well, apparently. If you want to buff your croc, then that's fine. We are on Facebook, if we haven't been taken off, on More Questions and Answers with Adrian Lee. All of tonight's stories are there for you to look at. You can see all the photographs of the wondrous things we discuss and all of the video footage. So, we move into the round that is strange and bizarre. These are the stories from around the world that can't be put in any other round. But are too fabulous, too amazing not to read out live on air greg is still yet to score i am now on five <laughs> heather's on minus one because no one likes a smart ass and kim is currently on six for getting through so many fabulous chinese words heather what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the bizarre do you remember my fabulous story about the lady that had the construction foam in her hair yes she got somehow and i've no idea how this happened she managed to confuse construction foam with hair mousse yes and then her house fell down oh, that's a lie that's not true. no i made that up i've got nothing to back that up i'm going to florida <laughs> florida woman's eyes are glued shut after she mixed up super glue and eye drops eye drops and super glue yes and she's wondering why her vase won't stick together I'm just saying. I always look at it the other way. Okay, you've used the super glue in your eyes. What have you been trying to glue together that you've used eye drops for? It was super glue that she would use for her artificial fingernails. Ah, oh, she wasn't trying to glue her eyelashes on then. No, no, that that wouldn't hurt your You'd eyes. You'd panic, wouldn't you, if you suddenly glued? You your don't eyes. use super glue to put fake eyelashes on. I don't know what women get up to. They all do kinds of preening in the bathroom for hours on end i don't know what a what are you doing. talking about you spend hours in the bathroom you're metro yes i have to comb one hair to the left and one <laughs> hair to the right it takes me all of a minute that's terrible What's wrong with you a florida woman's eye was glued shut after someone accidentally poured glue into <laughs> someone her eye else did it instead <laughs> yeah. of eye drops let me help you mom her eye shut that's terrible i know Catherine gatus told WPBF a man was using a leaf blower and blew debris into her eye. I, this has all been contrived. It's been set up. The it whole family, been. you grab the leaf blower. It's like a mousetrap. I'll swap the glue out. We'll have fun with that. Lovely. She asked the man to reach in her purse and get the visine, but the man accidentally grabbed glue for applying false fingernails and poured the chemical right into her eye. As soon as I felt it burn, I closed my eye and screamed and called 911. The glue immediately sealed her eye closed. 
A doctor used lidocaine to force her eye open, and she is scheduled for a procedure on Friday to get the glue scraped off her cornea. Oh, <laughs> no. Doctors told uh, Gatos that uh, she should not experience any permanent vision loss due to the accident. She but, just can't see oh, out of it. That's wrong. So now we've got building foam for hair <laughs> gel and super glue for eye drops. For so eye drop. That is in the round of the strange right. and the very bizarre i have a story that says patient rushed to hospital with sword up his bum after trying to remove his hemorrhoids at home what <laughs> you he maybe would have been better off with some super, super glue. glue the sword appeared to be a type of keychain measuring about 10 centimeters in length how big is that that's about 12 inches <laughs> <laughs> that's about i guess that's about three to four inches it was a type of fantasy-style scimitar that had a few pointed parts that could easily hook into the flesh. The co-worker went to his home and rushed his injured colleague to the Sashore Hospital to have the blood-soaked sword removed. What? The That's patient disgusting. told reporters he had been crouching over the mirror whilst he was trying to remove the piles, and he slipped. Wow. I where, piles where, of what? What hemorrhoids. city are we in again? Where are we? Yeah. In Florida? This is in Florida, I'm guessing. I've no <laughs> That's idea. That's why I asked. I wondered if it was. It's in Britain, I believe. We Great. will come to that. I once checked my hemorrhoids in a mirror, by the way, but I guess I should have waited for the elevator to empty. <laughs> the patient told reporters he'd been crouched over the mirror and he slipped. Luckily, doctors were able to remove the sword without too much... He was much crouched tr- over the mirror and yes. he slipped? Yes, the mirror was on the floor. He's in the position of giving birth, and uh, he's got the sword, and he slipped, and uh, he nearly missed the sack, and there we go. He's, he's in a lot of pain there, isn't he? Uh, it's not good news for anyone, is it, is what I'm saying. However, doctors then laid the devastating news on him that he didn't actually have hemorrhoids after all. Then what did he have? Well, let's just suggest that hanging down. Do you say you know the twig and the berries, right? This yes. is the berries, I'm guessing. No twig, just berries. He didn't mm-hmm. have a twig? The best thing he can do is remove himself from the gene pool. So it wouldn't be a bad idea to take the berries away because these people are having kids, right? He was trying to get rid of his berries? I'm guessing that's what's hanging down. If he didn't have hemorrhoids, what else is hanging down? He didn't know what those were? Apparently not, no. Perhaps, from the, perhaps in the mirror, it was a different view to what he's used to. Do you see what I'm saying? Not really. It's like if you hang upside down and you look at yourself in the mirror, you know, you see different things. Didn't he have Google? I don't know what this man had. (laughs) He was later told by the doctors that he should have put some lemon juice on it. But I think this was just a case Uh, of sour grapes because they wasted his time. Oh, no. No. Why? I'm here all week. Don't forget to tip your waitress. And have a whopper. There you go. Kim, what have you got for me tonight in the round of the strange and the very bizarre? Do you like your coffee black? I personally don't like coffee. I've had five cups of coffee in my entire life. On each occasion, I've had a thumping headache for a week. It was the worst experience of my life. Drinking a cup of coffee is like being hit over the head with a baseball bat. Drinking a cup of tea is like getting a nice warm hug. So would you rather wake up in the morning with a nice warm hug or a hit over the head with a baseball bat? No, I don't like coffee. No, I'm just saying. Well, you're safe then. Because if you do like black coffee, congratulations, you could be a psychopath. Wow. I didn't realise you had those in this country. I've seen cyclists just going on the sidewalk. I didn't even know you had specialist paths for cyclists. You go to Holland, there's cycle paths everywhere. 
You can cycle anywhere you want. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) A new study claims to have evidence that people with a taste for coffee are more likely to be psychopaths. Oh, psychopaths. I'm sorry. (laughs) Psychology researchers at Innsbruck University in Austria found that people who expressed a preference for bitter tastes like coffee were more likely to be vain, sadistic, and enjoy manipulating and hurting others. Wow. I was conceived in Innsbruck. I told you that, didn't I? On a camping holiday in a field. Yes, this is only the seventh time, but go for eight. It's not my fault it keeps being brought up, is it? (laughs) At least I wasn't in the back of a cinema in Wyndham. (laughs) The researchers surveyed nearly a thousand people, split into two groups, students and prison inmates. Oh, there's a fine line there, isn't (laughs) there? Oh, I love that. I'm going to force you to drink coffee. The groups self-reported on their taste preferences and also completed personality questionnaires. The researchers claim that the recently published study provides the first empirical evidence for the hypothesis that bitter taste preferences are linked to malvolent personality traits, particularly everyday sadism and psychopathy. <laughs> so, so people that like their coffee black are more likely to be psychopaths yes. and sadists. Yes, Wow. And that is why every single boss I've ever had, I think, drank black coffee. Oh, do you drink black coffee? No. No. Greg, are you a black coffee man? No. Nope. No one around this table. <laughs> nope. Wow. I we drink, must all be sane is what I'm suggesting. I drink coffee. Do you? Yeah. Uh-huh. You put cream and sugar and everything else oh, in I've it. I've never though, seen anyone. <laughs> it's a case of do you want coffee with your sugar? She puts so much sugar in her coffee, she puts the spoon in. It doesn't go to the side. It just stands upright like a soldier it's standing to attention. the only way to, to have it. The really? only way. Like so syrup. you're a less of a psychopath then? Yeah, I'm a sweet psychopath. <laughs> yes, she says please and thank you. She's cutting your body up into small pieces. Yeah. What have you got for me there, Heather, in the round of the strange and the bizarre? I have a meerkat handler. Oh, you're going to love the title of this one, by the way. Meerkat handler ordered to pay 800 pounds to a monkey expert after London Zoo Christmas party brawl over the llama keeper. <laughs> <laughs> I want the video of that. I'm wanting the video. Do you think all the different so, keepers? It's yeah, fabulous. The monkey keeper doesn't talk to the meerkat oh, you know, keeper, keeper because... You know, monkeys, you know, have got a better enclosure. More people want to see the monkey. Well, it was kind of a affair going There's on. There's an affair going yeah, on. Yeah, so it's even better video, right? Wow. <laughs> so the meerkat expert who glassed a monkey handler. <laughs> glassed a monkey handler. That's what it says. Glassed a monkey handler at a Christmas party. In Hang on a second. Row over what? This is one of our Halloween specials, and you're reading out a Christmas story. Yes, but this just came to light on what she got sentenced. Oh, so, so this happened at Christmas, but the sentence has just yes, arrived. Yes, she just okay. got a sentence. I'll yeah. bring you back up to minus three. <laughs> a Christmas party in a row over the llama keeper has been ordered to pay 800 pounds in compensation. Caroline Westlake was found guilty of assaulting Kate Saunders at the party at the London Zoo over Adam Davies, who had dated both women. (laughs) Yes, the 30-year-old smashed Miss Sanders in the face with a wine glass after overhearing her insulting her looks earlier in the evening. So don't do it, You look like a llama keeper. Well, that's kind of what she said. Well, you look like a monkey keeper. Earlier in the night on December 8th last year, she heard Miss Saunders telling her friends in the toilets... Have you seen the state of her? (laughs) 
sorry. No wonder she got a wine glass in the face. Wow, but that llama, though, that let itself go. (laughs) (laughs) Prosecutor. Sometimes you go to the zoo and the llama's looking at you and you're thinking, yeah, you're looking after yourself. You know you want it. (laughs) Prosecutor Daniel Geller said Miss Westlake hit Miss Sanders on the side of her face. She was holding a wine glass in her hand, and it's the glass which made contact with Miss Saunders' face. The glass appears to have broken on contact because it caused a cut to Miss Saunders' face. A cut which was bleeding. Duh. Obviously very surprised by this, Miss Saunders stretched her arms out in defense, pushing Miss Westlake back by her neck. Miss Saunders required hospital treatment and stitches after the attack, which the judge described as a nasty one. At the zoo! I know Westlake of Banstead, Surrey, wept in the dock as she was sentenced to a 12-month community order in order to pay Miss Saunders 800 pounds compensation at Westminster Magistrates Court. Wow. So the meerkat handler ordered to pay 800 pounds to the monkey expert at the London Zoo Christmas party brawl over the llama keeper. Love it. Wow. We now finish with our final round, the round that is called <laughs> Not For Your Mother. It's the round that you found because you're now listening to our archives. It's the round that we can't read out live on air. It is laden with innuendo, sexual intrigue. The stories from around the world that we can't possibly read out. If your mother's in the room or if there's any children or small minors, they need to be removed. They need to be taken outside. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Any small stay. mice, take them out too. If there's any small mice... <laughs> No cheeses for us, Mises. No more cheeses. For I don't us think Mises. mice are that broad-minded, to be honest. I think they'd be shocked. They're very conservative. I think if you showed mice some of the stories we're going to read out, we could have some issues. That's all I'm saying. We've done stories about mice, especially the little chess pieces that are stuffed. That was very bizarre that a woman had taxidermied mice and was using them for chess pieces. That was very That's fabulous. That's one smelly chess set right there. <laughs> You've got white mice and black mice, right? These black mice are very large. Whoops. <laughs> See what we're doing there. I have a story to kick the round off, and you have been warned, listeners. So if you're offended now, you've only got yourself to blame. Husband of cake porn seductress who had an affair with Greek Orthodox priest in New York's claims she was relentlessly pursued by the religious leader. You don't often get the word cake porn seductress greek orthodox priest all in the same sentence to you this is a remarkable story and very complicated now we'll keep it as simple as possible the husband of a new york woman embroiled in a greek orthodox church scandal over kinky sex tapes involving a high-ranking priest has spoken out in defense of his wife who she says who he says is the victim that sounds like a really bad joke doesn't it the opening lines to that have you heard the joke about the cake-sitting, kinky sex tape seductress and the Greek Orthodox priest. This is cake-sitter? This is a cake-sitter. Tom Bazoulas has declared he still loves his wife, Ethel. Ethel is the cake-sitter. How old is Ethel? It doesn't say. We'll count how many candles are on her cake. Ethel Bazoulas, the so-called cake-porn seductress, caught on camera sitting on cakes wearing a thong in her hotel room with Father George Pesias, who's 67, a married pastor in Washington Heights. Mr. Bazoulas claims his wife. That's going to take a lot of explaining, isn't it, when he gets home? I've always liked baking, sweetheart. What do you mean? I've always enjoyed baking. Mr. Bazoulas claims his wife was pursued by and inundated with texts from Father Pesias, who claims claims would sit outside their home and wait for his wife to come up. He was so impressed with her cake-sitting activities, he then stalked her. 
this is uh. the problem. Poseus, who was once the Chancellor of the Greek Orthodox Archdiocese of America and was in charge of all Greek Orthodox priests in the US, was forced to resign from his position. That's just above the cake and hovering, I'm guessing. <laughs> from his position <laughs> after the sex tapes were sent to the church and then the post. Mr. Bazudas claims his wife was taken advantage of by the priest. How can you be taken advantage of? Because you've got to set that stuff up. You've got to get yourself a cake. You need a hotel room. You, you got to frost it. You need a lot of frosting. You need a camera. You, when you take advantage of someone, it doesn't normally require that kind of preparation is all I'm saying. How can you be taken advantage of when you've got to put all those things in place to then make that happen? You hear what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, he is not a priest, but a man who suffers from deviant behaviours. Well, there is a fine line there, of course. But it, his wife does it. His wife does it, yes. But it's, he's not complaining about the cake-sitting, videoing hotel room. He's complaining the priest is now stalking her because he's obsessed with her. Oh, okay. He's sitting outside the house. On a cake. Yes, with a nice Battenberg <laughs> or a bit of angel cake or a bunt cake. That'll be the bunt a cake. fruit cake. <laughs> the fruit cake. Oh, you've lost a raisin. One of the videos sent to the post, and they've all watched this, of course. You can imagine. They've sat, all these journalists have sat around. Bags of popcorn. Bags and, of popcorn yeah. sitting there. Black coffee. <laughs> With a mirror. One of the videos sent to the post features Bazula sitting on a banana bread. I keep thinking you say bazooka. Yes, Mrs. Bazooka, Ethel Bazooka. <laughs> on one of the videos, he's seen sitting on a banana bread slice. Oh, God. Wrapped in cellophane until it's flattened whilst <sighs> donning black stiletto heels and lingerie. In another one of the videos, Bazookas rubs her feet <laughs> all over the priest's face while they both lie under a mirrored ceiling. I wonder if what? she blows the candles out on his birthday cake. That's all I'm saying. Oh, Hang God. on. Wasn't there a cherry on the top of that cake when we started? Oh. This is what the mirror's for. You hear what oh, I'm saying? It's to retrieve no, the cherry. No, That's why we're there. No. Heather, what have you got for me in the round of Not For Your Mother? I want to go to Hawaii. You want to go to Hawaii? Yes. Can we? I'm going to start a GoFundMe site to go to Hawaii. You know why? Well, Pearl Harbor's there. I've always wanted to see that. Oh, need a reason to book a trip to Hawaii? No, I don't. It's hot. There's fabulous beaches. The food's great. And it's full of I have a better reason than you. So whatever. What could be better as a historian? How's about an orgasm-inducing mushroom? For an excuse. A mushroom. Yeah, it only grows in Hawaii. Eat this mushroom. You oh, don't I'm have sorry. to eat it. You sniff it. Yeah, you sniff it. So let me get this right. You turn up at Hawaii. It's all... And you say... You go sniff some mushrooms. And they say, smell this. And you're like... <laughs> and then it's like... I'm sorry, madam. That'll come out. I can, they get that. You well, can't get that out of wool. Here's the problem. It's a very stubborn statement. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Don't sniff the mushroom. You don't get to. You don't get to sniff the mushroom. You don't get to. This it's only for-, for women. Oh. It has absolutely the opposite effect for men. The Girls o- trip. What's the opposite effect of having an orgasm? Not having one. <laughs> yeah, but that's every day. <laughs> That's the norm for me. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> You're not having one. Oh, it's gone up inside. 
It's disappeared. So this is just for women. It's just for women. Sn- you need to make things out of that. I need to sniff mushrooms. Your mushroom sniffer. <laughs> so I sn- you sniff the mushroom and suddenly it's... And there you go. You're up yeah. and running. Almost instantaneous. It gives <laughs> mind-blowing <laughs> orgasm. Where can we get one? Because this would be great. Uh, Why? We're not Why? <laughs> I thought you said this would be great on air. Here, smell this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. What about... Yeah, sniff this. <laughs> the fr- I want to do something where we arrange... <laughs> We I arrange. want a sausage and mushroom pizza. <laughs> <laughs> How do you want your sausage done? That's terrible. Spicy. So spicy. I think they should turn this into some sort of fragrance. A fragrance. A fragrance. I can't breathe. Scratch and sniff. Scratch and sniff. <laughs> you should turn it into some sort of aerosol that you spray in the bathroom. <laughs> so you're in there, you've had your black whopper, you're sitting in the toilet. <laughs> oh, I'm at a friend's house, I better get the fragrance. <laughs> I mean, it's all happening for you. you for can women. Put it on a. Um, that was a woman. Oh, that was <laughs> my impression. I'm sorry. <laughs> Haven't been with very many women to know what that sounds like, have you, Adrian? <laughs> Come here and sniff my mushroom. <laughs> I've got a story that proves it's good for you. <laughs> I said you should be eating more fruit and vegetables. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, you're going to love this. Researchers discovered a bright orange mushroom glowing on growing on flowing lava. The study dating back to 2001 doesn't even reach a full page, but it does mention the species, which it's called. Here we go. Take a note of this. Get your pen out. Dictyphoria. That is a joke. <laughs> it isn't. Look, Dictyphoria. Let me have I a have look. I have a question. Yes, that is Dictyphoria. I've got a Dictyphoria. Do they have women on that research group? I didn't, it doesn't yes, say, but, they had but to re- I hope so. They had to retire early. They never got the survey <laughs> well, finished. That's I'm well, that's probably why it says it didn't reach a full page. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the writing suddenly stops halfway through the article. It just, the pen just goes off the page and disappears. <laughs> this is a, I want to give this to old people. What, Dick DeVorean? <laughs> <laughs> Let's will your mother in here. We'll give her a mushroom to sniff. <laughs> Christ. <sighs> this reminds me of my honeymoon. We had mushrooms <laughs> then too. <laughs> oh, God, I don't even know. Uh, in the small test, the male and female volunteers were asked to breathe in the fungus aroma. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, madam. I seem to have spores all over your face. <laughs> the smell triggered spontaneous orgasms in nearly half of the female volunteers, suggesting that the mushroom released hormone-like compounds similar to human neurotransmitters released during sexual encounters. Oh, I need one of those mushrooms. While the study the fun does- you could have walking around the bar. <laughs> Well, the study doesn't include a photo of the orgasm slinging mushrooms. (laughs) It most likely resembles Hawaii's stinkhorn fungus, phallus multicolor, known for its signature brightly colored cap and lace net. I didn't didn't know your knowledge of micrology was so extensive. Whoever wrote this story had fun. I know, right? The only catch to these natural aphrodisiacs 
is while women are aroused by the aroma, men are repulsed by it. So go figure. So go sniff a mushroom, ladies. There you go. Where can we get one? That would be ace. I'm just thinking of so many places that would be fun at the cinema. Dictaphoria. There. Put some in the pillowcases of overnight guests. Oh, that what? would just be a joy. And I, I like that idea. Yeah. I've made you a scarf for Christmas. There you go. Wrap that around your neck. <laughs> you you can have it in like your poopery, your potpourri. 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 Wow. Where can, <laughs> there'll be people asking you constantly where you get your potpourri from and where can I buy yes. some? I want that's some of what she's having. That's the best ever. Wow. That's outrageous. Kim. You're drawing tonight's show to a conclusion. What have you got for me tonight? Sheboygan Man Games the Ambulance Service for Rides, Meals, and Ladies. 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 59-year-old Terrence J. Wilcox apparently loves the food at Sheboygan Memorial Medical Center on North 7th Street. So much so. It's mushroom soup. (laughs) (laughs) He figured out a way to get there on three occasions without hopping a taxi or driving himself. Wilcox dialed 911 complaining of chest pains and was whisked away to Memorial in the back of an ambulance. Three times Wilcox gamed the emergency service before first responders caught on to his scam. Monday, October 12th was the final straw. A criminal complaint filed in Sheboygan County Court states that firefighters called Sheboygan police to Wilcox's Primrose Court apartment to file a complaint for misuse of the 911 service. It turns out first responders had been called to the same residence twice the day before for chest pains. So he's making up chest pains to get meals at the hospital. Yes. Wow. And to flirt with the nurses. Oh, I see. And he wants to flirt with the ladies. ladies. Yes. Uh, Wilcox would get transported to the hospital, eat the meals, flirt with the nurses, and swear at other staff before going back home to repeat the routine. Swear at other staff. Where's my effing mushrooms? (laughs) (laughs) The charade would have likely continued for days or even weeks had Wilcox chosen not to share his dastardly deeds with nurses at the hospital. (laughs) One of the nurses told Sheboygan police that after Wilcox was taken to the emergency room Monday, he boasted to staff mem- members that he did ha- not have chest pains, adding, I like you guys. <laughs> in this country, if you're paying for it, you can go as many times as you want, can't you? Do you see what I'm saying? In Britain, it's free, so they will put a stop to that because you're wasting money. If he's paying for that ambulance trip, at what point can they turn around and say, we're not going to pick you up You anymore? can't do the 911 services falsely oh okay there are laws on that there you go i'm learning new things as we go but what if i'm hungry yes (laughs) and that still includes the women does it (laughs) i'm not hungry for women i just want to that's how he came across i'm just saying he is facing uh 90 days and up to a thousand dollars if uh fines if convicted Wow. Let's hope he doesn't take a shine to prison food because he'll be committing other crimes at that point, won't he? Well, all good things come to an end. So let us look at tonight's scores in last place with the K2 meter and the dead battery. It is Greg tonight. Heather is on minus two. I'm on five and Kim has won tonight's show and she wins the $33,000 IR camera she by sprinting. She wasn't even here last week and she won. I know, this is two in a row. It's rigged. Wow. You did actually score more points last week when you weren't here, so things have <laughs> somewhat gone downhill on the basis that you've shared your presence with us. I don't know how that works, but we're all winning. Do not fear, listener. Remember, we are 
back with a whole new bunch of stories next week at the same time. And I would love for you to join me for a fun and informative journey through the world of the paranormal. Strange, intriguing, bizarre and weird. Please tell your friends and family about the show and feel free to contact me anytime via my Facebook site. More questions and answers with Adrian Lee. Or you can email me at mqta at rocketmail.com. You can also follow my Twitter account at Adrian underscore Lee underscore tips and all our archives are available for you the last three years of shows if you go to soundcloud.com and search for mqta radio they're all there waiting for you we also have a youtube channel if you want the best six minutes of your life the funniest the most hilarious six minutes of your life ever you need to go to youtube now and type in more questions and answers with adrian lee and you will hear a story that will make you laugh until you wee yourself. I guarantee it's the funniest thing you will ever hear. It's six minutes. So if you wish to see that, go to YouTube and type in more questions and answers with Adrian Lee. You will not be disappointed. My gratitude and greatest thanks are extended to Lorna Hunter, Heather Morris, Yaton Drainer, Kim and Greg Goran, all at the International Paranormal Society Int paranormal.net and all of the show's sponsors including the lakes area paranormal interest group and MUFON of minnesota it just remains for me to say thank you for listening and remember be interested and interesting good night